Well, good. Oh, we switched sides. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday edition of the Buckeye Roast. We are in here. Didn't say Buckeye BS. So we starting off good. Got my guy, Ron. How's everybody doing? Ron, how, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good morning. Good morning. Shout out to everyone that's in here. Hope everyone is having a good day so far, but excited to talk some Ryan Day interviews. Yeah, man, we got had a lot going on yesterday, but more importantly, somebody you had beef with, you know, finally stepped down. What one of the more famous Twitter beefs of all time, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Uh, one of the first things that uh, we kind of really went viral for uh, with the best damn media was the Gene Smith dilemma video. So within the past year, we have had. Uh, quite the smoke for gene smith recently so to see him retire is uh kind of interesting especially after all of the things that we've had to say about him in the past year <laughs> <laughs> not good facts so um first of all buckeye excuse, oh, excuse me good lord buckeye roast every morning at 8 a.m couldn't even get that out but everyone 8 a.m we in here Appreciate y'all checking in. Check us out. Buckeye BS, 10 a.m. on Sundays. So we really got it rolling. We actually talked Johnny Manziel last night. So if you if you missed that, we went through the documentary. Ron had a lot to say on that. <laughs> but we had a good time. So we're just trying it out, trying some different things. So let you know how that goes. But check that out if you haven't. Throw a like. And uh, appreciate that. So the show notes for today. Obviously, we're going to talk a little Gene Smith. We got a new AD, so we're going to give you some options on who those could be. Ryan Day did speak yesterday, so we're going to talk about what he said about players. He talked offensive line. He talked secondary play all over. So we'll run down that, and that'll be our show notes for today. But, Ron, we, we, we got to start with what you got, Gene Smith, and, and go a little deeper into that. So, obviously, you did a video that went crazy on the timeline. Yeah, man, that was like the first time that I really went – I mean – the Sarah McLaughlin video kind of did crazy numbers, but the Gene Smith went crazy. I mean, I had Cardell Jones retweeting it. Uh, Maurice Claret reached out and said that he liked the video. So uh, that was like really my introduction into, you know, Buckeye media. So I think before we really discuss Gene Smith, we go ahead and watch the infamous Gene Smith dilemma video. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that up there now. Yeah, and good morning, everybody. I'll see you Talking about something I like to call the Gene Smith Dilemma. Normally, we talk about NIL in a more joking fashion on this channel, but today we're going to really dive into the NIL issues at Ohio State. This past week, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith did an interview with Bill Landis and Austin Ward of 11 Warriors regarding the state of NIL at Ohio State. In the interview, Gene Smith said a number of interesting things. In particular, there are three statements that I really want to highlight. The first statement being that a move to an employee-employer relationship changes the world around what they are doing relative to education at Ohio State. He also followed that statement up by saying he believes that crossing the line to an employee-employer relationship becomes very problematic. The last statement I want to highlight and the one that I find most interesting is when Gene also mentioned he would like donors who are now donating to NIL collectives instead of the athletic department to understand the ramifications of diverting these funds. The irony of these statements is clearly lost on one of the most powerful men in collegiate athletics. 
Ohio State has grown its athletic department to 36 varsity sports. For comparison, the previous two national champions in football, Georgia and Alabama, have 19 and 21 varsity sports respectively. In 2021, Ohio State published that 49.4% of the athletic department's revenue was generated by the football team, while only 24% of the expenses were attributed to the football team. In the last decade, the Ohio State Athletic Department has led the nation in expenses multiple times while also being only one of two universities in the top 10 in athletic revenue to have expenses outweigh revenue in 2020. This brings us to the Gene Smith Dilemma. After years of building one of the nation's largest athletic departments on the back of the unpaid labor of the football team, fans are now expected to donate to NIL collectives to pay these players. For years, the athletic department has been making money hand over fist on the profits of the unpaid labor provided by the football team. Now in 2022, we have a system meant to pay the players, but instead of paying them with the revenue that has been generated by them for decades, fans must donate additional funds on top of their existing contributions to pay players. Why are fans being asked to supplement an athletic department that has not paid their players who have been generating the most revenue for the department? If the payers were actually paid with the money they earned instead of funding the largest Olympic sport budget in the country with their profits, we would not have a need for NIL collectives. The Big Ted recently signed one of the largest media rights deals in college sports history and is expected to see record earnings in the coming years. Yet Gene Smith still wants current donors at the university to understand the ramifications to the soccer program of funds previously donated to the athletic department or diverted to NIL collectives. Does anyone care about the ramifications to the football program, who the university depends on to fund the rest of the athletic department? At what point is enough enough? We already don't pay these kids. We have already spent decades of their earnings on other sports. Now we are asking the fans to pay the players and also donate to a bloated athletic budget that only exists because for decades, the NCAA prohibited players from making money. So instead of paying the players, Ohio State built one of the largest athletic departments in the country full of non-revenue generating sports. We should be paying the players with the revenue generated and asking for donations for non-revenue generating sports, not the other way around. That banger brought to you by, by Ron James himself, who made a costume change, apparently. <laughs> oh, wait, I can't hear you, Ron. It was cold. I started to stream, and I look up, and I don't got a fucking hat on. I'm like, what kind of co-host lets me get on? Like, we get these super chats, and they're like, oh, we got to show them that hairline, so they really start donating. Like, oh, Jesus man. Christ. But... Let's jump into the Gene Smith Dilemma video. I mean, one of the main things that I talked about in there was the size of the athletic department. Yeah. I was discussing potential replacements for Gene Smith uh, with my cousin the other day. And I'm like, who's experienced enough for this job? No one runs an athletic department remotely as large. Alabama, Georgia, Florida are all known to have, quote unquote, well, not necessarily Alabama so much. But people say Florida has one of the largest athletic departments in the country. They have 23 varsity teams. We have 15 more than Florida, who's already considered large. I get it, the opportunity that it provides for people in other sports and things like that. But at some point, you have to prioritize the moneymaker. The majority of the athletic de uh, department budget depends on the revenue generated by the football team. If we have to divert funds when it comes to NIL to the athletic department to support these other teams, we're doing it wrong. Like, we need to make sure that we know where the bread is buttered and the football team is prioritized. Um, 
I'm thankful for the things that Gene Smith has done here. He's made great hires. He's the reason why Ryan Day is here. Um, you know, one of the most powerful men in Ohio and has had a great career. But, I mean, that doesn't make him free of criticism. Um, I think he's going to be hard to replace at Ohio State. But I hope with this new athletic director, um, there's an understanding of the changing landscape in college sports and someone that's really with the times in the era of NIL. Yeah, man. I, honestly, before watching that video, I didn't even really consider the fact that so many Olympic sports. And I'm like, well, why in Ohio State getting, you know, the nice facilities? Yada, yada, yada. Why is it the team? Well, we team? are getting a nice facility. We're getting a $3 million hockey rink. I yeah. hope you have tickets. <laughs> hockey rink. Um, but, like, while it, it is cool that they, we have all these sports and these athletes get to go to college and, and play what they want to play, it does run up a bill. And there's not many revenue generating sports, which is just, you know, unfortunately, the name of the game. So the football team is funding that bill while not necessarily getting it back. And then for NIL money, instead of having people donate NIL so we can have a more competitive team or more competitive collective, they're donating money to keep these sports going. So that was the crux of the video. But honestly, a very great video insight because a lot of people didn't know this. <laughs> no, I mean, I got a lot of criticism. They're like, you're using COVID numbers. I'm like, COVID's a perfect example for all of this because it the it compounds the losses when you have an unexpected event and you're expected to have such a bloated budget so yeah. when your revenue slumps yet your expenses stay the same that's a risk when you're operating a, uh an athletic department that large i mean obviously ohio state's ohio state and they're gonna bounce back and you know what i mean those losses that they experienced in those years will be you know what i mean wiped away with record donations and all of that good stuff, but you know, you would want them to, uh, you would expect a university like Ohio state to be in a position to respond in any scenario like that, and also be prepared to deal with a year of loss. The fact that uh, they made such a big stink about how much they really lost when really they're making money hand over fist. And they would, I mean, you have an athletic budget, the size of, you know, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, or something like that. The pandemic barely affects them. Like, they make so much money. So I just hope with this next athletic director, we have someone who is really prioritizing football, as selfishly as that sounds. So, I mean, as we talk about the potential next uh, athletic director, uh, I wanted to preview some of the top candidates. So, Q, you want to tell us about who I believe it was 11 Warriors reported yesterday? is the front runner to replace Gene Smith. Yeah. Okay, so the front runner is Pat Chung and he's an AD at Washington State. He was at Ohio State like you said like um they said on Minnesota yesterday you're going to get a lot of buckeyes because they were buckeyes and they're here they ran around Gene Smith. So Gene Smith actually helped Chung um make a leap in development and fundraising at Ohio State. Ultimately became the <clears throat> good lord. I can't get this cough out of me this morning. <laughs> Jesus. The executive associate athletic director, and they left for a position at Florida Atlantic University. So that was back in 2012. So Chun is a guy who's been around. He's worked under Gene. He knows kind of how State <laughs> runs, and obviously that right there gives him a little insight and can make him come in there and make a smooth transition. So that's one of our front runners right there. 
And then if you so, want to the other one. Yeah, so before we dive into this next one, I just want to let the people know, like, if I'm not on the show tomorrow, something happened to me and my family took me out. I was warned by my entire family not to mention this name publicly in front of Ohio State and get this train moving because my family, they are all Pitt season ticket holders. They love Heather Like, the athletic director at Pitt, who brought them their most recent conference championship uh, former Duke assistant uh, Jeff Capel as their basketball head coach. Their volleyball team has leveled up. Their women's soccer team has leveled up. The Pitt Athletic Department has taken a massive step forward under the direction of Heather Like, and she is beloved here in the city of Pittsburgh, and they would hate to see her go. She's a former assistant AD at uh, Ohio State. She worked under Gene uh during her time there she was at ohio state from 98 to 2013 she went to eastern michigan from 13 to 17 and she's been the pit athletic director uh since 2017 um <laughs> one of the things that uh my cousin had brought up he was like well she is a michigan grad even though she did work at ohio state he was like so could you make a michigan grad the athletic director at ohio state and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like Chun is the front runner, but I think Heather Like is more than qualified. She is a Buckeye of 15 years, worked under Gene, has done great things at Pitt. And if Chun doesn't end up becoming the director or the next AD, I feel like Heather Like has to be the next call. And even if she's, like, I mean, I feel like it has to be a call that has to be made regardless. You have to talk to her, you have to evaluate. Um, the possibility and all your options in this situation. It looks like they're pretty set on Chun, but I think Heather like is also a great choice for the Buckeyes. No. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, you've tracked down those, those top two options. So either way, it doesn't look like we're starting on a bad foot. I mean, obviously could be somebody we never heard of and just shows up out the blue, but um, how about Ron James? Do you make <laughs> that mean, call? I said, I said me a few days ago. So, <laughs> hey, I will take that G Smith money. Guarantee football will be prioritized. Now, the mother sports might suffer a little bit, so everybody will hate me. But there, you know, we're gonna have Lamborghini doors to the facility. It's gonna look, it's gonna look like a club in there if they let they let me get the reins. So, Bruce gonna be coming out on the field in a Lamborghini, bro. <laughs> bro <laughs> hey, hey, look, I'll let you know right now. I become AD. That home game on-field entertainment is going to go crazy. I had DJ. We might have an on, you know, in-stadium club. with the Future, future performing at every halftime show? Bro, hey, every halftime. <laughs> how, how, much that, how much was that budget? <laughs> we we go crazy. A couple hundred million. I definitely feel like we could uh, boost it. We definitely could get a DJ in the stadium. I can tell you that. I know, <laughs> I know well, people I mean, don't love that idea, but. I'm at the DJ, that, me out. Pool, that pool that we have at that baseball stadium, throw one of those over there. We, oh, we going up for real, for real. I see a couple uh, people in the chat messing it, uh, mentioning Jim Tressel as an option. I would love that as well. So if that is a name that realistically comes up, I know I believe he's 70 at this point, just recently uh, retired as president at Youngstown State. So I don't know how interested jim is and in still working <laughs> if i was him i wouldn't be <laughs> yeah, jim is well to retirement age so i mean we appreciate his time here i would have loved it especially a couple years ago would it look like there was an opportunity for that obviously that didn't happen but hey more power too i'll take trust if he wants to come back man more than appreciate it 
So yeah, that that's your options pretty much for AD right there. Let's see, we talking about chat. Everybody saying what's up. We got the morning gang in here, man. 8 a.m. Ron and I aren't morning people, so most oh, definitely man. we appreciate y'all waking us up and making us get in here. That that's definitely great. Make sure you like that video, share. Let's get let's get let's throw the morning crew, man. Get some more people in here. And I actually got oh, got my guy Chris Drew in here. Let me, yeah, let's get this super yeah. chat up here. Would love Tress, but he's older than Gene. Yeah, I mean. I don't know, especially with a program like Ohio State and the university being as large as it is, I don't think Ohio State's the type of university that has a a transition type of or a bridge type of athletic director. Even if you did have um, Tress come in, I don't know how many years you're going to get out of him, especially with Gene not retiring until June. I mean, Tress will be, what, 71, 72 at yeah. that point so i feel like ohio state with this next hire is looking not only uh into the short-term future but i mean long-term impact at ohio state i would imagine the next athletic director is going to be there a minimum of a decade so um i feel like someone younger like sean like like someone that we know would be at the helm for many years if not decades um would be a more realistic option something that they would want to lock in long term yeah, no, hundred percent facts. Think they will go younger. Would love trust in here, but it doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like a smart option for him to be here for actually, you know, years and years and actually build the pro um, build the athletic program. So, um, so yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> that was the AD talk. Ryan Day had some quick words for that. He did say he wanted to thank Gene Smith for hiring him. He believed in him. Thinks the tra transition will be smooth to a new AD, and obviously. The communication from him to Gene Smith was very important. It helps to keep that going with the new person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's keep the AD talk rolling. Our guy Ryan Day had a press conference yesterday, and he is very complimentary of Gene Smith and very thankful for the opportunity that Gene gave him, uh, hiring him internally um, in 2018. So I just want to get your thoughts on the relationship between Ryan Day and Gene Smith, he talked about it um, in the interview, was very thankful and complimentary of Gene and his wife, all the things that they've done for him, the yeah. open lines of communication that they've had, and just a great working relationship that they've had. I mean, yeah, man, Ryan Day, since, he, since he's got here, you've seen Gene Smith had his back. He stood behind him after those Michigan losses. So, you know, <laughs> so you know, he ain't let Ryan Day burn down by himself. He had, he had that support on him. But yeah, man, they had a great working relationship. It was a big time risk. We thinking back, you know, Ryan Day hadn't had a head coaching job. He came in here as a OC. You know, obviously everybody tapped him as young and talented, and that was a, just a bold move of like, hey, I'm. Everybody's talking about you got to look nationally. You got to look nationally. You got to go get the best coach in the nation. Gene Smith said, nope, I got the next one right here. Let me pull the trigger, and the rest is history. And uh, obviously, since there, their relationship has been good. So, and obviously Ryan Day's been able to do stuff, other foundations while he's been here. So Gene Smith has been a big time help. And as much as we want to criticize Gene, we, let's, let's give him his credit. He, he's done a great job and obviously we're in a transition period, but what he's done with Ryan Day has been amazing. Yeah. And the confidence that you have to have as an athletic director to, you know, not have that national search and go with someone internally and trust your gut and believe in Ryan Day, the person to lead this university and football team, um, I think that took great uh, foresight and was a great decision by Gene. Despite my criticism, he has done great things for this university, and I'm beyond thankful that he chose Ryan Day. Um, again, we get on Ryan Day a lot. Uh, 
I was very critical of Ryan after both Michigan games. I would always tell myself, I'm not going to fire the coaches after the game. And then I get online and I fire the coaches. But I think Gene Smith had it right with Ryan Day. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what the future holds for the university and this uh, athletic department. Um, some other things that Ryan Day talked about in the interview. Um, Commenter on the safety rotation that everyone has made so much about in the last week when we saw Sonny, Jihad, and Lathan out there. But Ryan, again, just similar to Perry Eliano the day before, kind of poured a little water on that as far yeah. as we just put pads on. We're just starting to play football. So nothing set in stone. We talked about Sonny later in the interview. The first position he mentioned Sonny at was at Bandit. So, I mean, it's not nickel. But, I mean, he did emphasize the multiplicity back there with all of the uh, safeties being able to play multiple positions and uh, being able to present different looks to the defense, not knowing whether Sonny's a, a linebacker, a nickel, uh, an adjuster, a bandit, wherever he's at, not being able to key in on, oh, I know that guy plays this position. Yeah, or corner or D-tackle. He'd be all over the place. You, you, you at know. this point, if they came out and told me Sonny Styles was leading the quarterback battle, I'd believe you. Yeah, man. But, yeah, man, talked about um, just having different guys do different things, which is very important. I mean, I would love for these guys to actually set and get a flow so you can really build that chemistry at different positions. But they're coaches. That's what they get paid to do. They know more than me. So, um no, I, I like what I'm hearing. I like the names that I'm hearing. Perry Allen talked about it. Ryan Day talked about it. You know, we 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 seem like we got guys. Just just fitting them in the right place and getting the most pro productivity out of them is what we need to focus on. So as long as we got the guys in the room, man, you ain't gonna get no complaints from me. I'm like, all right, cool. I got this 6'5", 230 freak show. You know, I got this uh, ball hawk from Syracuse. I got Josh Proctor in here, who I know is reliable and will get the job done. Always got to build Josh Proctor in there. It's paid ad at this point. But, yeah, so all those things. So I'm like, all right, we got the talent. Perry Eliano put it together. Let's ride. Is that is that a paid ad or is that propaganda? I feel like you're trying to get <laughs> off that house on the island. This boy Q got a fire going trying to see. <laughs> trying to weigh someone down. Like, let me off the island. I want to see the, the game. One, not the only one with a paid ad around here. But speaking about a paid ad, shout out to our guy, Des. Styles for president. Um, I'm sorry, but I mean, I hate to get political on this pod, but Best Damn Media has already decided that we are endorsing a presidential candidate and it's Sexy Red for president. I'm sorry if you haven't heard, but we are endorsing Sexy Red for president. So I appreciate your suggestion for Styles, but uh, it's Sexy Red over here for Best Damn Media. <laughs> Um, one, one of the things I wanted to touch on and I thought was probably the most interesting thing that Ryan brought up, uh, well, not Ryan didn't bring up our guy, Douglas Maurice, uh, no, formerly of, uh, Cleveland.com, uh, Kings of Columbus. Now, um, asked Ryan day, is he moving Josh fire around during camp? Because he believes that Luke Montgomery is the best left tackle option. And I feel like Ryan day kind of shut that down pretty quickly. <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, funny enough, when I was saying the preseason, I thought Josh Simons was going to go over there to left tackle. Seemed like the His more name is Jimmy Simmons. I'm like, okay, Josh Simmons. Jimmy <laughs> Simmons? Jimmy Simmons. This guy goes by too many names. No, but, it's uh, just Jimmy Simmons now. Right, wait, I'm going to get it down. Jimmy Simmons. So Jimmy Simmons <laughs> he likes to be called, even though his name was Josh. The freaking um, 
I thought he was going to go play left tackle. Seemed like the more athletic guy. Slide fry right up over the right tackle. And you're like, all right, cool, let's go. But we got multiple guys playing multiple positions. Tagger's still in the battle. Luke Montgomery's over there. So we got different guys on different things. So we still don't know how this lineup is going to look. And when we did our interview on Monday, the big worry was offensive tackle. So hopefully they can get it hashed out. But what are your thoughts about the guys rotating? And who do you think is actually going to start here? Uh, my biggest takeaway from that is Luke Montgomery is going to be a Hemothy. Like the fact that he's pressing as a true freshman at left tackle, whether he plays this year or not, it just gives me the confidence that, you know, a lot of people said during that recruiting class, there might not be a tackle in that class. It might be all interior guys. And to hear that Luke is not only a tackle, but he's battling for the left or right tackle starting position as a true freshman just gives me confidence of where he's going to be in his development going forward. Um, I normally don't do this, but I'm going to apologize to someone. I'm always critical of our guy, Tim May, because he asks, he answers his own questions before he asks the coach, just so they know his opinion on it before he asks a question. But he had a great question today and let me find it here because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> now go ahead. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to jump in the chat. See, they're talking about talking about Urban as, as coming back as AD. I love to see it. And we still do got to get a president. So hopefully that happens soon. Um, Q's three that he wants is Lathan Ransom, Sonny Styles, and Jahad Carter. Secondary. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be at the end of the day. So we definitely see that. <laughs> Make Cardell the home AD. Definitely. So, hey, bring my Carter back. Yeah, go ahead. The Tim May question was, how much has the improvement of the offensive line since spring allowed him to evaluate the quarterback competition? And I thought that was an amazing question because something that we heard all spring was how much trouble the ends were giving the tackles and how hard it was to truly evaluate the quarterbacks because they were getting back there so fast. So for uh, Tim to bring that forward and ask to check back in on that and to hear that they're having much more success and that it's allowing them to evaluate the quarterbacks better is great to hear because I mean, you, you saw JTT and Jack in their first spring games. And it's like, Hey, can we just get these guys out of here so we can actually see temp to play? So the fact that they're able to, you know, get these reps in and get a, a valuable, uh, get an evaluable, get a valuable evaluation on these guys. I think that's, that's huge. Yeah. You actually want to see your quarterback, be able to play quarterback. And obviously we got freak shows at defensive end. So I can't blame them heavy, but at a certain time, you got to see if your quarterback can really play. And that was a great question about Tim May. I was thinking about like, wow, man, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. Tim, Tim's definitely an OG. He just cracks me up because it's like, Tim got a question. He's going to let you know his answer it's before opinion. he asks you the question. <laughs> But that, but, but like when you're an OG, when you're OG like Tim, and you've done and you have the reps and you have the clout that you do on the beat, man, you're gonna listen to my opinion before I ask you my question. I'm I'm Tim May. Like I've been here doing this longer than everyone. Y'all are gonna listen to my 90 second question and you're gonna like it and you're gonna answer it. And then I'm gonna ask two more and possibly cut someone off when it's their turn to ask a question and ask a fourth. So I mean, I appreciate that type of you know. <laughs> Hey, they ever, they ever give us credentials. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in there like, hey, Jim, Jim Knowles, so, 
you know, who's starting at linebacker and safety? As we know, Sonny Styles and CJ Hitch, you know, starting running around the field. But but in your opinion, who are the front runners that we need to see, even though linebackers and players ranked under them last year were balling out and they were in the top 10 of their position group going into the season? <laughs> They're going to kick me out day one. That's why we'll never get credentials, man. We, we asked too I mean, many if people. we get credentials, they're going to our guy C. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that, uh, I'm not trying to end up in jail either. Or they drag C ball out there, they're like, "Who gave him this pass?" When they give me my credentials, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be sitting in the back asking Doug Lay Maurice about uh, his favorite fast food joints. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, man. Um, 32 people in here. I see. Make sure y'all hit that like button, share, and forgive it that Johnny Manziel. Uh, documentary yesterday so tap in with that if you haven't seen it um let's move on to secondary so secondary guy that brought up was jordan hancock i was safeties denzel denzel burke i always want to say denzel ward denzel burke was brought up so uh ron i want to ask we had you him. from ryan day talking about the secondary um he seemed very complimentary of jordan hancock he really uh emphasized how important this offseason has been for him to be fully healthy with him dealing with that hamstring last year. He said that the um, the corners are uh, contesting catches much better than they were last year and making it difficult on the receivers. So just hearing uh, confidence, like we really haven't heard much wavering from the coaching staff, whether it be Perry, whether it be Ryan Day, whether it just be basic reports from camp, what people are seeing on the first day. Jordan Hancock and Denzel Burke on the outside. I mean, a lot of us thought Iggy, Iggy was going to come in and fight for one of those outside corner positions. But, I mean, through five days of camp, I have yet to hear any other name entertained as a possible starter at outside corner. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Hancock, that last offseason going into the season, obviously we got bit by the injury bug, but he was balling out. That was, that was a name I was hearing constantly, looked good in the spring game. All that good stuff. And then came time for the season, he got hurt and kind of, you know, entire secondary felt like they got hurt and, and we took a level down. But I'm excited for him to finally get his opportunity. Fingers crossed he stays healthy and let's see this man truly go out and ball. And yeah, Igmanosa came in. I was like, put him outside. He's a bigger physical guy. But I mean, him not going out there or maybe playing the slot role just, just goes to the credit of how much of a jump Jordan Hancock has made and how good he's gotten on the outside. So, no worries there. I'm like, okay, if, if he's that good, let, you know, let's see it. <laughs> so, now I'm excited about that. Uh, obviously, Denzel Burke, we, we had a conversation with Denzel Burke. Some of us did. And he said, he said, this is directly Denzel Burke. He said, look, no excuses for last season. I'm coming out this season. I am BIA now. It's my turn. I'm putting it on the map. So, hey, that's a little insider news for y'all. That's from Denzel Burke himself. So um, he seems ready to go. He seems confident. And we like, bro, you got to hold that standard. We're going to hold you to it. He said, respect. So all good there. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited about this corner room. I think we can go four deep here. Even though sitting obviously Jair Brown, maybe Ryan Turner. Let me give Ryan Turner some credit. He stuck around. He's gotten his name out there. And then we got the freshman coming in. So I'm, I'm excited about this corner room and the secondary as a whole. I'm super excited about the corner room. Definitely excited about the freshman too. You know, I think Jermaine Matthews is a Himothy. So excited to see the development there and who um, asserts himself in this rotation. Uh, but our guy, uh, Frank in the chat said, we need a quarterback. And I think it is time that we get to the conversation that everyone's here for. Ryan Day gives an update, not an update about the quarterback battle. 
still says it's back and forth. Uh, what? I just want to get before we dive into his other comments. I that first one. What does that make you think? Five days into camp, we're still back and forth. Um, we're still going back and forth about who the quarterback is. Does that concern you about Kyle being a third-year guy and it still hasn't been able to take the reins in the job? Um, to be honest, so we talked about this last night, hanging out with you, me and Chris Drew. We talked about it. Um, it doesn't necessarily concern me, and Chris is kind of breaking into the the, the different styles of quarterback and things like that. It doesn't really concern me. I, I feel like Kyle McCord is going to be that guy that, I guess, um, maybe a trash from Florida where he's going to throw the ball. He's going to He's going to be able to air it out. But he's kind of just going to fit into the system. He's going to do what he needs to do. And I feel like Devin is going to be that more wild card. He's going to be that risk taker, that Brett Favre, that, <laughs> that Johnny Manziel as we were talking about yesterday, that is just going to go out there and, and try to make plays. And both of them comes with pros and cons. Um, with this team and the, and the athletes you have out there, I think you don't necessarily need a risk taker. You don't need a playmaker, you know, necessarily because you got wide receivers, you got backs and you got tight ends who are going to be able to do that for you. So I still feel like even though as a name to starter, I would still lean Kyle McCord. But, man, Devin Brown just brings something different. He's going to move his legs. He's going to throw it out there and he's going to take some risks. So it just depends on what you want. Um as the longer it goes, I would say the more I'm like, oh, man, Devin's really got a chance here. Um, but it ain't, all ain't going to matter because Lincoln's going to take the job in the end. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I'm not. It doesn't worry me necessarily. I kind of know what I'm getting. And honestly, I'm confident either way. But I will say, like I said last night, if Ryan Day comes out and he says Devin Brown is a starter, like I really know it's up for this season. Like to make a risk like that and take a guy who's been here and not going that path as we have held on to um, senior players long time and gave them the benefit of the doubt so long. If Devin Brown comes out and he's the guy, I'm like, okay, Devin Brown's the guy. CJ Hicks is about to start. Sonny Styles is going to be at safety and he's going to be the star back there. The young guys coming up, tout is on the field. Let's run it up. So oh, that's just that. know if Devin Brown gets named the starter, we're getting. We're starting a stream seconds after the announcement, <laughs> and the name of the stream is We Are Lying, because we are going to be telling generational <laughs> lies about Devin Brown if he gets named the starter. Uh, someone made a great point that despite Kyle being in his third year in the system, Dave really hasn't given him the reps or the opportunities to really you know, dive into the offense during game action with uh, these past two Heisman campaigns for CJ, so... Yeah, I mean, I said it before. He was putting on his best Dean Smith impression. He, the way he had Kyle McCord not playing, I'm like, you got to get this guy sunburned. Nope, he ain't playing at all. We've seen um, state quarterback, I can't think his name, Drew Aller. You seen Drew Aller get more reps than Kyle McCord last season as a true freshman. So it's just like. I'd argue that after Drew Aller came in the Purdue game, he should have never you came you back out. But that's that. another he, conversation. He was getting reps like every game. So he, he was uh, instead of games was going down to the wire. So he's pretty much in there every game. So we haven't we so, haven't seen him much, but I'm hoping like you know, Kamakor comes out. He shows us what we haven't seen. He has to get, get actually gets that time. We can see if this dude can play or not. 
So we we had a conversation with our guy Chris Drew last night about this quarterback conversation, and one thing that he mentioned was the he would imagine that Devin Brown, with the way he plays off schedule, Ryan Day likes his quarterbacks on schedule. He likes to call the play and have an idea of what the quarterback's going to do. Our guy Devin out there is a wild card. You know what I mean? He's a he's a backyard baller. He's the type of guy that's going to make something out of nothing. And I don't know how much Ryan Day loves that with the improvement on defense the confidence that he has on defense he said this is potentially the best defense he's had since 2019 do you need a gamer out there or do you need a guy that's out there and going to protect the ball um run the offense and let the the skill the skill players around him really carry the offense do we need a dynamic johnny Manziel type of uh light the world on fire quarterback this year to get it done yeah let me know in the chat as well we'll talk about it um i think and, and this is the thing right here. Um, I think this is a where I talked about in the state of the program. And I'm like, you put these younger guys with a little bit more talent and just throw them in. And by the end of the season, you have a better player. I think that greatly applies here with the traits that Devin has. While he's not necessarily disciplined yet, he hasn't had the game time. And he's going out there a little bit of a risk taker. If, if you were to put a gun in my head, I would say, yo, roll. if you roll with Devin Brown game one versus Kyle McCord, in game 13, I would think Devin Brown probably be the better player than Kyle McCord in game 13. Now, that's strictly speculation, but I'm thinking dude's mobile. He's got the arm. He's a little bit of a risk taker. But obviously, with game experience, you learn like, OK, I'm not going to throw that ball because I didn't got it picked off twice. So <laughs> let me move on there if you're learning and you're progressing like you should be. So I would say that greatly applies here. And maybe like it's a smart idea. We have the playmaker, so you don't necessarily need that. But also, too. There's going to be a time where you need your quarterback to be a playmaker. Like, that's cool when we're playing against Indiana, no disrespect. Or maybe we're playing with Notre Dame, who won't have the horses on the outside to guard our guys. But when you go up against a Georgia or you go up against, you know, an Alabama, they have the same horses you do. And that is where that quarterback play becomes very important to be like, okay, do you have a a, a two, not a two, good Lord. Um, Freaking Bryce, uh, yeah, Bryce. Do you have a Bryce? Oh, screw up his name. Do you have a Bryce that can break down his defense, make plays? You must call leg? him Bryce West. First overall pick, his name is leaving me. But um, Bryce Young, definitely. Do you have a Bryce Young that can break down his defense like he did with Georgia and just put on a show? Now, do, you, do I necessarily expect Kyle to be able to do that at the end of the season? Not really. I expect him to be a system guy, made the throws he needs to go. Devin might be that guy. So that is the risk you're taking here. And if it all honestly with me, I'd probably go with Devin because of game 13 when we roll up against Michigan, if somehow they got the horses to run with us, which they shouldn't, but they managed to do every year, you're going to need that playmaker. Absolutely. Um, so I feel like a big factor in the decision of the starting quarterback is going to be a scrimmage this Saturday. I wish – I still had my subscription to Buckeye Scoop so the Oracle could lie to me about what happens at the practice. <laughs> but without that insight, I think I'm going to just get on here and lie about what I saw. And what do you guys think about that? <laughs> no, but I think this is going to be a huge, uh, a huge uh, f- determining factor in the practice. And we floated the idea last night when we were uh, talking pre-show was, what if Devin forces his hand and just goes out there and balls the fuck out in one scrimmage. And then it becomes undeniable. Like, okay, the most spectacular performance that we've seen in a scrimmage or anything from a quarterback from these two in the past two years is what Devin just did on Saturday. If Ryan is leaning Kyle and Devin goes out there and just balls out, does that force his hand? 
Um, you, I mean, the the players are gonna know, man. The players are gonna know. They're gonna know, and that and those are the ones you you can lie to us, you can lie to the media, you can lie to whoever. But this locker room is gonna know who they rather have at quarterback. So Devin goes out and he really impresses guys, especially the guys on defense on Saturday, which is the big scrimmage. Um, basically, then yeah, he he does force his hand because you know, like I said, you lie to us, you can't lie to the players. So yeah, man, I, I feel like that would force his hand. And obviously, this do you think they're lying to us? <laughs> yeah, they don't tell us. They I don't necessarily go say they lie to us. They don't tell us the truth. They ain't That's telling us shit. I don't mean, there's not much to lie about at this point. Truth by omission, or, or I guess lie by omission. So. Yeah, I guess we'll see after Saturday's scrimmage. But, yeah, I, I think the players would know. And at that point, your hand is pretty forced. And then another thing that Ryan Day mentioned during the interview when talking about how he's evaluating that quarterback battle, he mentioned statistics multiple times. Ryan Day, an NFL guy, you know what I mean? He brings an analytical approach to his evaluation. I just found that super interesting that, like, they're charting stats and numbers and have models running against their statistics in every practice so the fact that they're bringing such an analytical approach as well as something that he also mentioned the eye test that that balance is uh is great to see going into this battle seeing that they're not just this guy looks like a gamer or this guy has the stats so that's who we're going with that combination of eye test and statistics and the fact that you know what i mean they're tracking that so heavily is exciting to hear yeah, man, just the way they track quarterback play. I mean, it definitely feeds the two different styles. <laughs> so it's like more output by the guy going crazy, more input by the guy staying consistent. But we will see, man. I'm excited. I'm glad it's, it's gone, you know, a little bit long. But now it's time I'm ready for it. I have a quarterback. So you got any, any more thoughts on the quarterback battle? I don't. I can't wait until um, they're – some of the other Buckeye outlets start lying to us about what happened on Saturday and uh, we can run with those. So that'll be super exciting. And uh, he, the one I did, I did have one last thing. He, yeah. Ryan day did stay during his interview at this time next week. So next Wednesday, he would like to have much more clarity on who the quarterback is. So Ooh. hopefully we have a quarterback named here within the next week, week and a half, because I, don't want to see this quarterback battle go into the season. I do not. Because if it goes into the season, that means one, if if it's going back and forth, they're splitting reps. I want whoever the starter is for them to be confident in who that person is and then just ramp up the development and preparation for them going into the season. I want them getting every rep. Because I, I'll paint this scenario for you. Say yeah. Kyle goes out there and he doesn't light the world on fire and there's still that question of Devin Brown in the back of their head of, is he the guy? And then Devin lights it up in game three. Would you rather them had the decision made and whoever the starter is have three full games under their belt before they go into Notre Dame? Like, does that worry you that like, if we don't have a quarterback and we're splitting, we're taking away developmental reps in the first couple games, trying to figure out who the quarterback is and how much is that going to impact their preparation for the Notre Dame game? I mean, yeah, I don't know if you can really do that. When we had CJ and people requested CJ, they pretty much stuck by CJ and said he's the guy. But obviously the leap between him and the next guy was probably a lot more than what we have now. But I, I think you have to pick one and, and let them roll. And if you think, I mean, I would say if it's close, go the more talented guy. But, you know, 
give get him golf game reps. I do like that, but give the guy who's going to be the guy significant time and let him go out there and play and let him get better. So they're they're coaches. They know what they should be doing. Don't don't split reps. Pick a guy, roll with it, and let and let's see what happens. I mean, you are the best person for this job. That's why you're in the position. So make the decision. Let's go with it. Like, like Ron, like Ron, he's the guy for the podcast. He says, "Yo, we doing this." We rolling with it. Later, we'll go back and be like, ah, oh, you know, maybe that wasn't great, but hey, you were the <laughs> best person to make that decision at the time. So that's what that's what we pay you for. So we got to roll. <laughs> Are you wavering at all in who you believe is a starter? Great question. Um, still, no, I would still go Kyle. I want to see what Kyle can do. I want to see him out there. But the I don't know the, the sexiness of Devin Brown through this offseason. <laughs> no pause, just vibes. Has, no pause, has, just vibes. It's definitely has definitely ratcheted up where it's like, man, I kind of want to see what this guy can do with live game action. So while I'm still rolling Kyle McCord and I haven't changed, I'm I'm still allured by the town of like, what what is it like if this guy gets out of here? Just know the way the coaching staff is. I mean, I'd be all for it, but I still think Kyle's the guy. Yeah, I'm not. I would be lying to you if I told you that I'm wasn't starting to worry that Kyle might not win this job. Like, I feel like every day that goes on, it worries me that Kyle has not separated himself. I've been since day. I mean, there's going to be a great clip of me ranting at the beginning of the start of Buckeye BS. I think all the way back in March, telling everyone, stop talking to me about this quarterback battle because it's Kyle. And then here I am looking like a goofy six months later, still talking about that same fucking quarterback battle. So I think. I mean, I'm still going to stick to my guns and go with Kyle, but I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I'm starting to worry as each day goes by that there's not some, even, even some, like if the, if the quarterback battle starting to wind down, do you think they would throw something in a nugget into the media to light the fire under Devin to get one more push out of him? but you're not hearing anything about separation. So that is a bit concerning. Yeah, man. No, um, we we will see. This, this scrimmage Saturday is gonna is gonna tell a lot. So we'll we'll talk a little more about that tomorrow. But um, yeah, we, we'll know soon. I think it's I think we're a week out, or maybe it'll probably a little less than a week at this point, and we're and we're gonna know. I I would bet my money. So yeah. So yeah, man. Um, I, I'm a. Oh, go ahead, Ron. No, I was just gonna say, make sure that you are subscribed to this channel and you hit that notification bell because we will have a liathon the second that the quarterback is named and we will be going live immediately. So make sure you have your notifications turned on so you don't miss out when the quarterback is named. We will be live here telling generational lies. I see our guy Craig just popped up into the chat. Good morning. Good morning. Q, tell the, tell the people about uh, – we did a live last night. Let them know about uh, the video that we put out last night. Yeah, so real quick, we did the uh, Johnny Manziel documentary, and uh, we, we obviously want to try different stuff here to see what you guys like, so we love some feedback on that. If you get over there and watch it, we basically discussed it. We watched it with Chris Drew. He talked about it, so we, we talked about it here as well. Um, honestly, the documentary was just crazy, man. We touched on a lot of points and just kind of walked through it like I would do with my movie reviews and had a good time. We had a lot of input. There's a lot of shocking stuff we didn't know, so learning it on the documentary, it was a fun time, so if you, you have time, go and check out and hang out with us as we talk that. It was very good. I would love to get your thoughts in the chat right now. If you've seen it, let me know what you think about it. Um, but yeah, we did that last night. So that was cool. Appreciate that. And um, yeah, I want to hop into the chat and get, get, get some of you guys' comments before we jump up out of here. So let me go back 
and star. Yeah, hey, Des, there will be no disrespect for Indiana in the chat. So definitely say no disrespect if you say something negative. Let me see. Uh, hey, Ron, you got it from Frank Ron James. You are 100% correct. Now, I don't I don't get no 100% corrects in here. So I'm, I'm because you're never right. You're <laughs> never right, bro. You got it. <laughs> I'm going to need y'all show me some love. <laughs> At least give me a 75%. My guy, Trav, the, the very first super chat. I ain't forgot about you, Trav. I appreciate you. He says, I'm pulling for Devin because I got no trust in our tackles. Devin has the ability to, to make shit happen when our tackles are getting beat. That's most definitely sure. Pops is QB1. Is Kyle. All right, Dad says, I hate quarterback battles. Let me see. People want to see that Kyle McCord, uh, Mike, Marvin Harrison Jr. connection. Definitely there. Uh, Mitch says Kyle looks so slow <laughs> compared to Devin Man. Yeah, Devin's an athlete. He's an athlete. And then uh, Frank also said we cannot waste our NFL wide receiver room. That is 100% sure. These guys we got on the outside. Somebody's got to give them the ball. They, we we got to let them. We got to let them ball out. Let's see. So yeah, that's mostly what's going on in there. And I appreciate that. Frank also said I subscribed and hit that thumbs up. Make sure you hit that thumbs up, man. We appreciate that. Push our video out there. And somebody who don't know us and they need that morning Buckeye content, let them know we be here live every morning at 8 a.m. We did it again, Q. Last night, we set out and wrote a wrote out a show skeleton and said, you know what? We're going to get on here and talk Johnny <laughs> football for 15 minutes. 52 minutes later, we are still talking the documentary. We set out to do a show called The Buckeye Roast, and we were going to do a show for 15 to 30 minutes every morning before we work. And here we are, 48 minutes in the show here with a full chat. We appreciate all of you always pulling up and spending your mornings with us. No better way to spend your morning than with the Buckeye Roast. Q, let the people know where they could find you. Yeah, man. If, if you want to find me, obviously I'm here every morning at 8 a.m., 10 a.m. on Sundays for Buckeye BS. So definitely check me out there. I'm City Boy Quinn on Twitter. Tap in with me over there. Flying at Johnson on Instagram. I also talk movies. So if, you, if you're a movie fan, Minor League Films on TikTok, Minor League Films here on YouTube. Love to hang out. Love hanging out with y'all. Love the energy. Ron. Yeah, I just wanted to thank everyone again for pulling up this morning. Smash that like button if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. We're so thankful for all of you. The numbers are just skyrocketing. We thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, and you guys are the ones that push us to do this every day. So it is a thank you to you guys spending your morning every day with us. If you want to find me, you could find me on Twitter at 2 underscore T-E-E-S. That's two T's on Twitch at the same thing. On TikTok, it is 2 shysty. Uh, we have our Discord link in the description. Make sure you join our Discord if you want to join uh, our giant Buckeye group chat. We're going to be doing a lot of cool things in there uh, this season. Yeah, and make sure you tune in every morning to the Buckeye Roast at 8 a.m. here with me and our guy Q. Appreciate you guys joining us every morning. Thank you. Catch you. All the Indiana.